0: You are listening to the Moments in Marketing Podcast and its host, Dima Mackey, where fellow traditional and digital marketers share their stories along the way. This is the place where we will dive deeper into some of the strategies, processes, and ways to excel in your digital career. We all know that success stories do not come easy and overnight, so we'll try to get to the bottoms of it. Whether you're looking for how to get into the digital marketing industry or launch your own project, or just want to learn from someone's experience, this is a great place to be. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hey, Aaron, and uh, I'm very really happy to have you here, and thanks for making it today. How are you doing?
1: Pretty good. Thanks, Dima. Excited to be on your podcast. Uh, we're finally doing it, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man.
0: Yeah, so uh, actually, just let's turn to the to the first question now. And actually, there's no way around it. And though, Aaron, why, why don't you give us a little bit more details about yourself? And you can talk about things like your college background and your uh, start of the digital career. Thanks.
1: Sure. So, um, yeah, I attended university, I basically have a uh, got a Bachelor of Commerce. I was uh, had a marketing major and a finance minor So pretty much two of my obsessions right now, although. Remember, I don't didn't necessarily do too much of what I'm doing now in school, as I'm sure is the case with most people. I remember one of my uh, uh, professors gave me a D for using 50% of my mock marketing budget uh, on PPC. Uh, she didn't really believe in Google AdWords at that time. Um, but yeah, like luckily, I was very lucky enough to have a, a good mentor uh, in my last year and kind of guide me into digital marketing. Um, me and my best friend at the time, we started a, a virtual tours business. Uh, so really, at a really young age, I was kind of really into entrepreneurship. Um, you know, we did we did pretty good with that. We were just basically doing like um, Google Street View, but for real estate agents. Um, and then after, yeah, and then after that, uh, basically, I, I, did, I joined uh, a Kinetics, uh, which is a um, insurance comparison website uh, it's a financial technology company a fintech company and from there i got fished out to omnicom media group to start their seo team that was about in 2015 and uh yeah that's it's just kind of how i got into digital marketing like back in university i didn't necessarily want a real job so i was always uh I think I remember looking up like how to make money online. And I stumbled across a, a little forum called uh, black hat world. And, uh, <laughs> greater yeah. source. Great resource. It was, it was honestly amazing. And there was someone's post called, um, I can't remember, but it was something about along the lines of like local niche SEO, uh, basically just a way to like win dentists. So I had a, uh, I had a site called like westmountdental.com where uh, you know, I put it up. I fired up um, a bunch of uh, X-Rummer links and uh, a site called Linkvana, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Basically, black hat spam. Um, started ranking for the keyword, calling up dentists and you know, asking them if they wanted uh, if they wanted traffic and if they wanted to rent out a space on my directory. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I got started.
0: Great. Uh, thanks for such an extended answer. I think you, you briefly touched upon a couple of projects that you, you were doing back in the day and like talking about the, this project that, uh, you're, you buying links, I guess, uh, to, to the dentist website, it did, did I get you right? Uh, why did you yep. start it? Like, how did you come up with, with an idea?
1: Yeah. So it was literally almost a copy and paste play by play from a post from black hat world. Uh, you know, they were doing it for niches in the States. Like, I think it was somewhere in like Connecticut, uh, or, o- or Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, uh, that was literally it. So it was a local play. Uh, so I picked a few neighborhoods in Montreal. Westmount was a, a very like prominent neighborhood in Montreal. So <laughs> that was one that, uh, that I knew there would be a lot of, uh, a lot of rich dentists and a lot of like a lot of high profile clientele um and yeah it was it was fairly easy to rank for i th- i had like something like either westmount dental or westmount dentist uh it wasn't a dot com but um yeah and then um there was uh on black hat world again like again within the play by play they had a few of these uh um link services so linkvana was was probably the best one that i used which was pretty much a subscription and they would use like you know niche edits and comment spam and all sorts of things like that and they it was pretty much just like a um one-stop shop for all your link needs uh it was amazing and it worked until it didn't pretty much yeah until the
0: google uh came out was in you update, I actually uh, always uh, mixing that up. Was it pe- Penguin or Panda update, which affected links?
1: Uh, it was Penguin.
0: Yeah, yeah, Penguin, right. Uh, all yeah, right. Yeah, so, was the
1: uh, on page one.
0: So you got some uh, experience like playing around with the uh, with the site buying links and kind of trying to understand like how the search engine works and i, I think that's that's a great start to uh, to learn something it's just through practicing it uh, i've heard mm-hmm. it like many times even uh, you said it to, to, to me uh, by, at omnicom but yeah again just uh, talking going a little bit back again to the history so obviously it's not about only about seo and uh, It like all digital marketing industry looked a little bit different back back then. For instance, I only finished school at uh, 2009, and uh, you started like in 2011. So, how did like uh, did you run any PPC ads, or was it only SEO? Like, how did you go about like expanding your horizons and um, you know thinking about it as a whole uh, discipline?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So back then it was definitely it was quite different. So there was still SEO purists in a way that like only were focusing on white hat. Even then Google was still penalizing websites and taking it down, but it, there wasn't Matt cuts. Didn't wasn't as prominent. Like he didn't, had it moved to his, uh, his roles, like head of web spam um, at Google yet. Right. So there wasn't as much policing going on uh, with that said, he, you know, there was a little bit of a crusade that came between the years of like 2012 to 2015, especially. Uh, um, and yeah, back then it it was mostly just about gaming the system that, and that's pretty much it. Right. So, you know, SEOs, there was a little bit of a stigma around being an SEO. I remember um, because, you know, we were just kind of seen as the rest of the marketing industry is like not really providing much value in gaming Google's algorithm. And a lot Mm -hmm. of the time, it's like, there was some sort of truth to that. But a lot of us like that had, uh, you know, invested the time and the effort into, you know, ranking on Google, we actually, we had the content and the you know, the substance to back it off. For instance, like my, my Westmount dental, like it were very, very green. And what I mean by that was, you know, so I, I work in insurance now and it's 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 almost like 30 bucks a click in some mm-hmm. cases. Yeah, it's insane, uh, $25 yeah. a click. Yeah, and, and 2011, I mean, it wasn't much different. It's not like it was like very, very new. Like, it wasn't like 2006 or 2007 or anything like that. But at the same time, CPCs were a lot lower. Right. So there was a lot more niches that were a lot less competitive, right? Because these things are an auction basically. So uh the more the more businesses that are on it, the higher the price per click is gonna be, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're all bidding against each other again in an auction-based system, you know, and the market tends to normalize and um you know CPC will will, you know, kind of balance itself. So yeah, I mean it was it was a lot to... It was, I guess, a lot easier and less competitive uh, for a lot of things. And the information was a lot more um, widely available, I would say. A a lot more like secrets weren't as closely guarded as they are today.
0: Are you saying like you found like the relevant information or like secret sauces like more often than than it is now with all the vastness of information nowadays?
1: Especially with SEO. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, people would like, much more openly share um things that seem to work right um it, because again like a lot of things worked right it was actually a lot easier to to i guess game the google algorithm uh back in the day
0: and do you think now it's like more uh, commoditized like it's a, like a service if somebody learns new trick or like you know some sort of like how to trick the algorithm still which is almost impossible now but still doable i guess do do, do you think they just want to monetize in that information like selling it as courses or like playbooks or webinars whatever it is
1: yeah i feel like i mean if, if i'm not sure if any uh secret sauces are available right at this current moment yeah, but I, I feel like if anyone has one you know they would abuse it themselves until it, it's you know they see diminishing returns on it and once they see that they would sell it as a course and you know um, monetize it more and more. Um, so I, you know, I just, I just, I don't necessarily believe there's any, uh, any secrets left out there to, to uncover. Um, most of the time, it's just, it's just good marketing. Yeah,
0: uh, I agree with you on that one. And uh, again, like, how did you learn about the, you know, the ins and outs? Like, so link building is one, like content is second one. How, how, how did you learn about search engines and how do they work were there any spe- specific courses you you were watching back in the day or you know c- to get that comprehensive idea of how to operate in
1: this environment yeah so i would say the first thing that opened my eyes to it was uh my professor in my last year of university so um he was amazing we called him mr t um and he was actually someone that um he built the first Meta search engine. Uh, oh, was really mama. Yeah, mama.com. Uh Mark Cuban's SEC scandal uh is actually from that uh, that whole fiasco. <laughs> Apparently he dumped like <laughs> he dumped a bunch of shares on insider information. But yeah, so that was my professor's uh professor's website. And that meta meta search engine just literally just means it's uh it's an amalgamation of other search engines. And this is the days before Google, right? So you had like uh Babblefish and Alta Vista and all that stuff, right? So um, Lycos, like there was, a, there was a bunch of things out there. Um, yeah, so this is all all before the the days of Google and mama.com was, uh, was one of these search engines. And I remember him, you know, kind of pulling up in his nice car and just kind of, you know, thinking that like, wow, like who's this guy? What does he do? And he was our digital marketing professor and he really just kind of opened my eyes to the, to the world. And he was a SEO consultant at the time. Um, he was helping like brands with their like online reputation management. And even back then, which was, which is, a uh, you know, almost like a new concept. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he was, he was always like touting white hat tactics. Even back then he introduced me to SEM rush and I kind of looked up to him and I remember, you know, asking about, about my, some of my websites at the time, especially my actual legitimate business, which was lifespan virtual tours, which I started with my best friend. And, uh, you know, he really kind of sat me down and mentored me through, um, you know, really taught me the ropes of everything. Um, and then basically after I graduated, I took a Udacity course because uh, I wanted to get into to programming a little bit more Um you know, I, i like, I, we hired, uh, um, I guess it was an Indian contractor, uh, off of freelance.com to build our lifespan virtual tours website. And, you know, it was a terrible experience. So, you know, I had installed dreamweaver and I try to edit HTML, mm-hmm. HTML myself. And, you know, I really wanted to just get into a little bit more about, pro, uh, about programming to really, um, you know, complete my skill set. So I took a course in Udacity. It was called, uh, like cs101 i believe but the the topic of the course was building a search engine so it was like wow this is mirroring both of my worlds and um yeah i just kind of learned really the ins and outs of how search engine works and, and what crawlers are because back in the day like my basic understanding was just like okay i've like i use this linkvana service and i keyword stuff and you know i could i could rank for this site it's it's that easy and then you know, but now I got like a much deeper understanding of, of, you know, what a web crawler is and how it works and how indexes work and how, um, you know, really how, how, how it all works.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that that was a smart choice to get. Uh, you know, I myself, I like to train uh, more on, you know, uh, coding and then taking a couple of courses, that did, though they're probably not that complicated. Uh, but I'm looking towards taking a CS 50, uh, you know, um, uh, Harvard, uh, by Harvard university, it's free on edX, I think. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's I remember it. you telling me about it. That one's a, that one's an amazing one. It's cool that, you know, they, they have all these resources out there. It's really, uh, it's really great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, again, just kind of following down, down that line that we were just taking. So again, uh, digital industry was, was built like, uh, by like-minded professionals. And, you know, back in the day, I remember there was like not a, uh, there were no like side jobs as SEO specialists per se, like super widespread or pay paid search specialist, you know? So how, uh, what was the process of getting all that knowledge and like, uh, uh, do you know any, uh, do, do you like any people from the industry? It could be just overall digital marketing, marketing, SEO, PPC, social media, or like how did you, basically what I'm trying to ask, where did you get the information to teach yourself apart from taking a course on building a search engine and, you know, to learn more about the strategies and stuff like that. So that that should be interesting. And if you have any recommendations after that, I'll make sure to include those, uh, you know, I'll link them up in the description.
1: Yeah, to your to your point, I think like you know, obviously I had followed Rand Fishkin at the time was was really big. This is like you know, 2011 as I was graduating, even 2010. Um, he had a lot of awesome resources. There was like Danny Sullivan, Aaron Wall was amazing at SEO book, um, and I, like SEO by the Sea. That's not something that I had necessarily started to to read yet. Uh, I think it's Bill Slasky that does that. Is mm-hmm, that? Was, yeah, like that was that was that came much later on. He's he's amazing. Like he he's someone that like publishes uh he publishes information on like every single patent that like that Google files. And this guy breaks it down at a very very technical uh technical level. So it's it's interesting to to see someone um you know break down um break down what Google's thinking and where he thinks Google's gonna go um especially when it comes to their machine learning um and deep learning, but. you're right. So like SEO back then, there wasn't too many, I mean, there was specific commercially available jobs at the enterprise level. I remember Googling this and and just thinking that like, okay, I actually knew I wanted to work in SEO. Um, And I think I remember like obviously looking up certain salaries and stuff like that online. And then just, just quickly realizing that like, you know, like if, if my, if my like quote unquote businesses or SEO project at at those times didn't get penalized, um, you know, the salaries wouldn't really, wouldn't have really compared at that, at that time. But I remember looking at this one job, um, someone was like a global director of Disney or something like that. And I'm really thinking of like, okay, wow, that is a, a, for SEO. And thinking Mm -hmm. really like, That is something to like strive for. Like that would be awesome. It'd be cool. so cool to like work with big brains like that doing SEO. And so I kind of started my, um, I kind of started to apply for a bunch of different things. But as as far as like, as far as SEO uh, and learning SEO specifically and digital marketing in general, I mean, you could read a bunch of books uh, and you can, you can go on a bunch of different websites, but the best way to learn is by literally, having a project of your own if you've ever wanted to start a shopify store or you know try the business out of the box models like (laughs) drop shipping or anything like that um you know give it a go like your first thing you should never really think of it like it's 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 actually going to be successful and if you do end up making some sales and making money then then great but the best way to learn is is by doing and that's what especially with seo because you're operating in a black box right you have no idea i don't really you know yeah no matter what level you are like you inherently have no idea if what you're doing is going to really work right so um like you have a good feeling and you have <laughs> empirical data to to suggest it, but sometimes I mean it just doesn't, and you have to reevaluate your circumstances, right? Um, but because it's a black box, like doing is what actually gives you the confidence to be able to make decisions in a black box, right? Doing an experience. Because if you're if you're just coming out of it by reading some blog posts and reading books, like you know. It, that can only get you so far right but mm-hmm. really to have the confidence to make decisions and pivot within that black box is um is really where uh, the magic is right so you yeah it's the best way that i would recommend is like obviously you can use Moz as a resource or danny sullivan or you know Bill Slasky and all the, the SEO experts out there and, you know, Matt Diggity, of course, which is someone that you introduced me to Charles floaty like there. Those are all amazing SEO gurus out there. But um, at the end of the day, you just want to uh, you want to just do an experiment yourself because that's what's going to give you the confidence to to actually make some moves yeah definitely and as the saying
0: goes practice makes perfect and i totally agree completely but for me the start was like i was reading a lot and then slowly but surely you know picking up on some you know little small project that i was doing and definitely it gives you even like you know buying a domain name hosting you know uh connecting it together installing wordpress site uh, all of those small things and you know kind of producing your first piece of content definitely it's better than reading like a book about like how to how to do it and will uh will uh, uh, we'll live with you much longer and you you can learn from it and you know implement in your future projects or make it even better but anyways uh, exactly
1: especially uh, if you're young like these are all like like hard skills in the new age right so you want to be able to you know know what you're talking about when you know setting up a domain or hosting a website. I mean, these are all things that like will always, um, at least for the next 10, 15 years, be like invaluable skills to to really have and understand. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, totally agree. So, and now let's move to the start of your uh, career at insurance company. I believe they can correct me from wrong, the company uh, was called, right? And that's where you started your first job as an SEO specialist, right?
1: yeah yeah so um yeah i'll talk a little bit about that like so uh basically this was a very very interesting uh learning experience for me especially as an seo um first of all like trying to find that job was was quite an experience in itself because i had applied to like so many places and i remember
0: do you have a rough idea rough idea how many places you applied back in the day
1: I think at that's, least a hundred, hundred,
0: at least a wow. hundred,
1: at least a hundred, and I barely got any interviews. Like I was, a, I was a new grad, and I remember actually my professor was my mentor, right? Mm-hmm. So like at that time, and I sent him my resume, and unfortunately this was after I had applied to about eighty something places, and I remember I was a new grad and I had CMO, like in my, <laughs> in my, in my resume experience, like I was barely like twenty years old um 21 years old and like you know i put cmo of like my own startup just because (laughs) i thought that that would be such a great experience and i remember like he gave me the the hard advice that obviously no no um young budding entrepreneur slash uh marketer wants to hear which is you know bring yourself back down to reality a little bit like that's not going to help you get an entry level job at all right um and so yeah so i removed that and, uh, yeah, I applied, I applied to a bunch more places. And even back then, I mean, Craigslist was, was, um, uh, was definitely a big thing, much bigger than it is now, but even back then it was weird to see a job posting on Craigslist, but sure enough, like I was desperate. So I, I saw, I saw it and I applied, um, know, I had applied to a bunch and I got an email back. And I remember like looking at this company and being like, wow, this is a legitimate company. They work with a lot of." You know legitimate brands and, and to be honest when I went into interview I realized like how special this place actually was like I was really lucky to be able to to work there at such a young age and I went through so many amazing experiences there. First of all from an SEO perspective um you know I had uh, two amazing mentors Wayne and Colin who really taught me pretty much everything I know um and I also had a couple of colleagues like Jessica and Wilson that that were you know more junior than Wayne and Colin but really really knew their stuff right and and Wayne really got me into investing and and Colin was was someone that was like a brilliant SEO mind like almost like a thought leader in the space that would interact with like the likes of Aaron Wall and you know and Ryan Fishkin and stuff like that so um these guys were really like number one for across the board in every single keyword in the most competitive space so uh, insurance right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. uh you name it any insurance keyword these guys were number 1 for and i started there as a um as a junior uh basically because they had a extremely large seo budget i'm talking about like very large obviously I'm, you know i'm not, i don't want to get into to detail about it but as large as sure. you can imagine seo budget being like you know just spending a bunch of money on um all sorts of things from content to, to, to links. Uh, but um, I was pretty much hired because management didn't want to necessarily give, uh, uh, give the SEO team more budget. And I was, uh, I was, um, yeah, I was pretty much just like, Hey, hire another body. You don't get any more SEO budget. Right. And, and I would have been like maybe 5% extra on their monthly seo budget right i was a junior i was barely making any money so you could just imagine how um you know how big of a budget of started that off was there being yeah yeah but i was also kind of started off there being a little bit alienated like because the the i guess the head seo guys they kind of resented the fact that like you know they couldn't oh, increase their budget and they were forced i, to... I, I see
0: i see what yeah, you're so, talking about
1: it was definitely a, a little bit more difficult for me at first but eventually you know i think i charmed their pants off and they <laughs> and they kind of came around uh they came around to me um but yeah that that was where i learned like my you know all my excel skills um you know s- some of the programming that i that i've been doing now uh mostly just not programming but like html and css like that was really where i picked it up um and then, uh, yeah, uh, one of the more interesting things that I was doing there was was reaching out for links, um, you know, pretending to be journalism, a journalism student. So it was it was, you know, it was it was a really, really interesting time. And I think yeah, that's I a creative uh,
0: way to, to to get a link to to pretend that you're a journalist. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I actually got caught quite a, uh, <laughs> I got caught like a few notable times <laughs> where someone actually just like realized that I was a, an SEO. Like, oh, you're asking for a link, eh? You don't think I know what you're talking about? Like for the Google algorithm. Like I was like, oh. Okay.
0: And that was and that was back then.
1: Actually. Exactly, exactly. Very uh, and yeah, it was like 2013. But anyways, one of the most important experiences that I had there was they actually went through a Google penalty. Right. So, and this was, um, was it connected I mean, it was, to, it was, to link building? Is that what you think? It was, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a manual action. Um, and you know, they've, they've since recovered and things mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, this is old news, um, but uh, yeah, they, they went through a, they went through a manual penalty and um we it was a nightmare. It was actually it was tough. So I got to see the real world uh, repercussions of you know how much traffic did really, you lose? Sorry. How much traffic did you lose? Uh, like the nightmare scenario, like eighty, ninety percent. Wow, that's for it insurance. Was, it for was insur- all
0: gone. Yeah. For insurance business, like, that's pretty bad.
1: Well, you can just imagine because these guys were big, right? So they had quite a bit of. Um, they had quite a bit of of, uh, brand traffic as well. And in the days the map cuts, I mean, they were brutal. They were brutal. They would literally de-index you completely. Like I'm talking like you couldn't even find the company when you Google their brand name. That's how Mm -hmm. bad it was. Wow. Right. So they were just kind of, um, yeah, they kind of disappeared off the map. Um and yeah, so it went through like multiple uh reconsideration or re-inclusion requests. Um it was a really it was a really you know degrading, brutal experience from Google. Um and it was basically their way of of you know penalizing webmasters for manipulating their um their algorithm. You pretty much just had to put your hands up and say, Yes, I admit it. I have been, you know. Um I've been manipulating your algorithm. Here are all the links that uh that I built okay. and that I paid for that were against your guidelines. And uh please let me back in. And then they would come up and be like, Oh, you still haven't done enough. Here's a few more that we found. Please, you know. Take them down. You just went through this just went through this process over and over again until um until they finally let you back and, and you never were really um you never came back to where it used to be, right? Um it's kind of how these things work. So yeah.
0: But you I mean, but you still were uh you still were uh able to you know uh get back some sort of traffic or or no.
1: Yeah absolutely so like luckily enough and this is uh, this is also an, another amazing experience that I had just working at kinetics and I was super lucky to do this but just seeing the growing pains of a startup and and them acquiring uh, other companies. So luckily, they made actually a few uh, um, notable and very smart acquisitions that actually ended up paying off for them uh, really well. And and you know our SEO team uh, expertly pivoted um, strategies and were was able to to you know salvage a lot of uh, a lot of the traffic that was lost by you know. Um, propping up another brand or luckily enough the brand was doing the other brand was doing pretty pretty well itself so uh you know it it wasn't too detrimental to the overall business i would say no it was but um yeah the, for that specific site they they were pretty much um they're pretty much gone
0: i mean that uh i guess that's the worst uh nightmare of any seo or it doesn't even matter like any digital marketer who works on any site and uh, then to see a manual action from google that's probably uh, the worst and hopefully uh, you're not gonna see one ever again and yeah i myself for instance never saw it and hopefully too (laughs) won't be penalized or any of the sites i'm working on won't be penalized but yeah that, that from an experience perspective that's uh you know that's pretty unique experience that you've that you you've got there and the action mm-hmm. that you guys needed to take to make sure, you know, you kind of get back and provide some business numbers and traffic.
1: Yeah. it, was, uh, Anywho, tough, yeah. it
0: feels like VIX gave you a lot of, uh, uh, you know, work related experiences. You learned a lot, obviously, Excel tricks, coding, and even like going through the manual action penalty. So um, after that, I, I believe you joined the Omnicom Media Group, which is the one of the biggest media agencies, agencies in the world. And uh, just uh, why did you decide to move? What was your core responsibilities in Omnicom? And uh, I, th- I, I think you've got a more senior role when you join Omnicom. So how do you feel like working, uh, again, uh, like in-house versus agency side? Like if you can talk about th- those things would be awesome
1: yeah for sure so um while I was at kinetics I had already you know again i was I was fairly very, very entrepreneurial um it was kind of always this way and like i just while I was at kinetics I had started to um, you know take on some of my own side clients um and i i i like being exposed to different industries right i, I really like being exposed to to different businesses and i eventually knew that i would want to you know, start my own business. Uh not necessarily in an agency space because you know, like well, we can get into this, but I don't necessarily believe uh in selling my time and scaling that up. Um you know, there's all sorts of different uh different things I can say about that. But anyways, uh I just knew that I want to get exposure to as many as I possibly could to to really just uh pick something and go for it, right? So um, well, I started doing it at the small business level. It just it didn't seem like enough. And I had a couple of friends uh, that I was working with that had joined agencies and that loved the experience of it. Right. And, um, you know, I got a message in my LinkedIn from uh, one of the managing directors at Omnicom. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was a unique opportunity where I got to work with, uh, um, you know, brand like uh, McDonald's at the time and Sportcheck and really just start the SEO team from scratch. So. Uh, that's really where I, um, that's really why, uh, I went over, I interviewed, I really liked the, uh, really like the space. And I just thought it was a great opportunity for me to work with, uh, gain exposure to fortune 500 clients and, and see what that's like a little bit. Um, as far as like in-housing, uh, versus SEO, what, uh, versus, um, the agency, what exactly do you mean by that? Like, uh.
0: So did, did do you did you like, for instance, before you mentioned, like, you like even like doing your own stuff, you like being exposed to different industries. So I would imagine like working uh, in an agency environment, you kind of got hands-on experience and like on different like business verticals versus like when you're in-house, like for instance, again, it's an insurance, uh, what comparison person uh, website, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like, like more like one niche approach. And uh, do you find... Uh i I think what I'm trying to ask like which which environment did you like most? Like do you like some sort of one sort of job on one client, one niche, one industry, or like being exposed to different clients, different industries, different strategies, you know, all yeah, all that stuff. If Fair that makes enough. sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I yeah, definitely makes sense. So I mean, I was kind of bored of just working with one vertical, even though kind of allowed me to work on many different verticals because not only did they do insurance, they did mortgage rates, they did loans, they were, you know, um they were getting into all sorts of different things. And uh but re- regardless, I really just kind of wanted to to get exposure to as many different industries as I possibly mm-hmm. could. And I really enjoyed the fast paced environment of the uh, of the agency world. So um yeah I mean it just kind of depends on on the stage of life that you're in. I eventually got tired of it. I will say, uh, Mm um, because I found that it was very, very difficult to, to, you know, when you're so spread out and scattered, it becomes very difficult to, to make meaningful and lasting change. Um, and even though we did do some amazing projects on the agency side, you know, it, it was really just like, for me, time to focus on one thing. Uh, right. Even though, I got what I wanted out of it in the sense of you know being exposed exposed to to many different places, uh, many different verticals in a short amount of time, which you really can't get anywhere else, right? Um, yeah,
0: yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, and like for instance, like if anyone listens and like kind of tries to decide or is like switch career, what would you say are the main like pros and cons in either of those? Like uh, like working in-house and like what's good what's bad and like agency side what's good what's bad like just brief maybe analysis or like your own opinion experience whatever
1: yeah 100 percent. so i would definitely say uh on the pro side for working in-house right on the client side um you're you know again one of the things is like really focusing right so like understanding, understanding a business more than just the marketing side. Whereas like on the agency side, you're, you understand the business, but you're mostly just dealing with the marketing team. Right. But as a marketing member of like on the client side, you're really exposed to all sorts of facets of the business. Right. You could go and talk to the developers, the accounting department, you know, really just kind of exploring a business and and the ins and outs of it rather than just focusing on the the marketing side and and just getting like a high level overview of, uh, of how a business, how, how the business is run. Right. Uh, Another thing is I will say for sure it's much lower pace depending on where you work. Right. Uh, But regardless, you know, you don't have as many projects on the go. Um, Obviously, again, this is completely depending on where you work and Mm -hmm. I'm overgeneralizing here, but um, you know, it, you have much more time to to really focus on a specific project and give it like the you know the, the love and care that it needs right um think things through a little bit more and also you have an opportunity to outsource right so I, like at, you know we we're working with agencies we we're we we're um i think i think they ended up being an Omicom client all right, Like, uh, obviously I didn't work on them because of a conflict of interest, but, um, you know, uh, you have an opportunity to manage, uh, vendors on the agency side. Again, you have like, uh, you have a very fast paced environment. You're working with like pretty much best in class people, like very, very smart, like top of their game. Right. Um, the only thing I will say is that the, the, the cons are that there's on the agency side, another pro is that you're exposed to a lot of different things, right? Um, especially if you're working on, like, the this, this paid social side or the paid search side, you're exposed to different um, and new updates from uh, vendors like Facebook, Google, Snapchat. Uh, interest. So, like, you're you're in the know. You really have, like, your finger on the pulse as things are happening, right? So, you, you really feel like you're on the ground floor of things. And the, the level of knowledge that you're exposed to is this is quite awesome. Um, but again, on the con side, there's there's quite a bit of uh, turnover. Um, you know, well, the environment's not for everybody. The environment's not for everybody. They uh, you know, a lot of people can't handle uh, that fast paced environment for that long. I lost it five years. I don't know how I did it. Um, but uh, actually, it was six years Wow. Um but yeah, it's uh it, it can be tough. It can be tough, especially if um if you have trouble focusing on certain things or you know, you have a little bit of ADHD, which I do myself, but um, you know, there can be a lot of different things mm-hmm. on the go. So it can be it can be really difficult to to balance and then prioritize and, and really focus on um really focus on um specific projects. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel that, yeah, agency side can be pretty hectic, but yeah, uh, also, as you said, like, being exposed kind of cool, but anyways, now we're, like, slowly turning another page of your history, and uh, uh, wanted to, uh, no, no, just let's hold on for a second here still, and on this page, I forgot to ask you about the very crucial skill that you developed during the time, so you joined, like, the Omnicom, and I believe you're, like, there were, like, only two of us, and you managed to build the team of five, uh, I believe. Mm-hmm. And what was the, uh, like going through junior, uh, SEO specialist from switching to more like senior role and Omnicom and becoming a director. How did you like, what was the process of like, you know, selecting people? What were the, like, I think the most important thing I want to learn from you is like, what were your values and how did you think it in your own head? How do you want to see it? How do you want to, you know, Uh, make it happen from your perspective
1: yeah i think so i think it's it's really crucial to really pick people that have a passion um not necessarily just for seo specifically but for marketing in general or uh you know, really want to develop their skill set, right? So one of the things that I saw in you, for instance, was you were really, really excited and, and you were already kind of learning about the space. A few of the other people that I interviewed, you know, they it just seemed like it was a job for them. Um uh, they were asking about, you know, um different things that didn't necessarily uh show to me that they were actually interested in the space but whereas with you and then some of the other people that we ended up hiring um they really had a passion for it like they were already doing they're already researching it they were trying things on an extracurricular basis like uh, uh trying to do their own sites trying to do their own research um and this is because you know they had that that entrepreneurial drive or uh, that just drive to to learn Right That thirst for knowledge and that passion, and I think that that really uh that carries over really well and then that, that in a work environment, right because at the end of the day, like you know you could be friends with your teammates, but it is really all about the work at the end of the day, right and mm-hmm. um if the work suffers and even though personal relationships will suffer. Right. So uh, at the end of the day, you, you want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are passionate for it um, so that you are sharing uh, knowledge and expertise and, uh, you know, growing together. Um, you know, I, f- I find that, you know, people that uh, h- hiring people, especially ambitious people, one of the ways that I, I like to operate is, you know, really kind of letting them shine or having their moments. Um, I always found that, uh, you know, pushing people to deliver their best work and showing that off will always have like that good positive reinforcement of, um, you know, them coming back and even, you know, teaching you a few things, right? I I know that I've learned a lot of things from uh, you and some of the other team team members, right, that I've even applied to my own business, which has been fantastic, right? But whereas, like, if I just, if I, you know, hired you just based on the fact that you were maybe, you know, easier to control or, um, you know, not outshining me or in any way, then, you know, that's that wasn't really going to be good for my own personal development as well. So my whole philosophy was just like, you know, allow others to grow and, and grow with them, Uh, lead by example and uh, really just you know try to develop a culture of uh, of excellence
0: awesome yeah and i think that that that's very true and a lot of stuff that i learned from you is like being you know uh doing what you do being passionate being true to yourself and your teammates and always like sharing and trying to you know lift the team let's say you know sharing all the best you can and like coming up with those ideas it's really uh i think what defines uh you as as a person as a professional and uh yeah just i remember like when when you let me do the course in seneca college i remember i was super scared and i think there's like two possible ways in my head that it it could have ended like you either like let me do it or you know not and you said i remember like uh like yesterday's like you go do it it's just it's going to be good for yourself and it's been good for myself yeah. and i think for for everyone at least even for for the team and for Omnicom, because it's it's nice addition you know to the team to have like you know even like when doing clients presentations like that that page with bios right mm-hmm. so yeah, uh. Definitely. Um uh, yeah, thanks for that. And yeah, now we're gonna turn another page in your history as I promised on last question. Uh, you actually live in Omnicom Media Group and uh running your own uh business, which is um to, to those of you who don't know, can I reveal the URL of the site? Did, or Yeah sure. Yeah, so it's sure. so, so so it's called mychoice.ca and it's in fintech company, fintech insurance company. So uh yeah let's let's talk a little bit more about that how how did that all happen My uh, why insurance again i guess I will i understand it a little bit more now but again you can reiterate a couple of points any yeah, challenges at the beginning if you can cover this couple of steps
1: yeah i mean like just to put it out there as weird as this sounds like i always had kind of i had a passion for insurance so to speak <laughs> like o- only in the sense of like I, I knew that it was, we were very, very behind in Canada. Right. Um, and, you know, this is obviously something that I was inspired by just working at some things like that. Um, even though we're trying to do things a little bit differently than they are. Uh, but I, you know, of course, respect um, what they're doing. But, you know, it just in general, I I definitely knew that the insurance space in Canada, at least, is definitely ripe for disruption, right? Looking for uh, looking at the UK, um, you know, around 80, 80, over 85 percent of people there, they go online first to compare their insurance products. And insurance comparison is the way there to shop for insurance. Obviously, the states is much further along. But in Canada, we seem to trust our banks like quite a bit more. Um which we're very very brand loyal uh people but with that said we have a huge problem especially in ontario with insurance where uh, i'm sure you know a lot of people listening to this will have the same experience but you know an insurance company will call you and raise your rates on you every year And, and this is not necessarily just the insurance company's fault but you know there's a risk associated with it there's regulations um and, you know, the insurance, is, the insurance market's not in a great place, but Canadians are shifting their behaviors um, and they're starting to understand that they can actually save more money and they don't have to necessarily, uh, you know, take the rate that they, that they get, right? They don't have to be as uh, brand loyal. Um, and of course, there's, there's different insurance companies for different risk profiles. Uh, So, I mean, obviously you could think of us like we're an insurance aggregator. We are the insurance, like pretty much like a Expedia of insurance or, um, you know, like any other aggregator, so to speak. Uh, With that said, there's a few key differences that we have, right? So um, one is uh, on the consumer facing side, we have um, something called like a a price drop alert. Uh, And basically what this is, is. We actually will allow you to create a profile uh, and then give us your current insurance provider and your current rate. And if you don't like the rate that you necessarily see, we'll shop around in the background for you until we get a better rate. And also, we're starting to incorporate machine learning into our, into our quota, where we actually um, are better matching uh, profiles uh, with users. Uh, sorry. Uh, carrier profiles so insurance company profiles with users uh, based on the closing rates and closing intent so not just relying on like a um just matching you for the lowest rate so to speak so you get called to, to an insurance company or a broker and then they switch up on you um we're actually trying to uh we're trying to do um do better in this space so um and then there's a few competitive differences on the uh on the broker side which would be probably really boring for your users to to get into but that's more on the b2b side um we're, we're white laboring our technology and we're really coming out with some some cool stuff there um yeah i mean that's that's pretty much it so that's kind of my choice in a nutshell that's uh that's what we do awesome yeah thank, thanks for the
0: breakdown and uh, i usually like this question it's really like to those who have their own websites or businesses, like let's imagine a situation like uh I wanna replicate what you did like for instance, obviously I'm not gonna do that. it's just a simple, like potential theoretical uh you know mental exercise. What kind of ingredients and skills do I need to how to do that like for instance, uh like how much content do I need to create, what kind of technology do I need to have uh how many links and all, all of that so, so like paid ads uh you know business relations sales like can you walk me through this complete cycle uh, of how it works and what do you need to do to have in order like to be like sort of where you are now
1: yeah absolutely so i would say you know a healthy mix of like um again i'm not a I'm like almost like a jack of all trades but master of none, but I'm able to, to really understand where, uh, where my gaps are and and outsource that. But in order to do that, I need to really understand things. Right. So from a creative perspective, for instance, uh, you know, I did build the website. Um, so it was, I used WordPress and then of course, like a mix of Photoshop and illustrator for the logo Mm -hmm. designs and, um, you know, just manipulating things, creating the, the, the the ads, like the the gifts for our ads. So we have a lot of um uh, uh you know gifts and videos that we create for our ads. It's a combination of uh you know royalty free um uh like stock video footage and stuff like that. But um yeah so just just really kind of coming up with our marketing campaigns and and our uh and our creative I need to understand I need to understand like you know things like Photoshop and, and Illustrator for sure. And then on the on the content side, so uh, we started to write. This is like over the course of like three years. We actually were do, like me and my co-founder. We were doing this um, while I was at Omnicom. Um, we just kind of meet every night, and uh, we would write content. So we started writing it and SEO optimizing. But eventually, you know, you have hundreds of pages on the site, so uh, you need to be able to understand what good copywriting is, and then really understand how to marry that with keywords without coming across as too SEO optimized or robotic. Um, another thing is technology, right? So mm-hmm. our front end is uh, is WordPress. Um, so, I mean, that's fairly easy to learn how to use. Uh, obviously, th- our, we have a custom WordPress theme. So it's like, you know, a lot of the HTML and the CSS was done by myself. I know a little bit of programming, but like just to just to kind of go through our technology s- stack. Like once you type in your postal code, it goes into the web app application. Our front end is React. Um, our back end is a Django Python backend monolith application. Um, you know, uh, the the, uh, the React JS website application it reacts. Uh, with Django uh, using a REST API. Um, we use uh, um, Zero, uh 2.0 uh, to, for authorization as the authorization standard. Um, you know, there's SendGrid is used for the email alert service that we have. We host our servers on DigitalOcean Droplets. So all these things is like, you know, I, know a little bit of server configuration. I know a little bit of React, like in JavaScript. I know some Node.js. I know some Python. But uh, if I didn't, like, I would never be able to build our entire website by myself. Uh, however, I would need to understand these things, at least from a um, a working proficiency level, to be able to quote it or at least to um, to talk to developers. To exactly to talk to developers in their language to to brief it out uh to to build it and then troubleshoot any errors right um so yeah like you know it's just a it's just you know constant learning so what you want to have is you know the the content creative skill and then some developer development skill and then of course uh last but definitely not least marketing skill right so s e o is always going to come in very, very handy in the beginning stages of of any business right um, and this is just because it's free traffic right so like if you're if you don't have uh much capital which I didn't when I was starting um you need to be able to to drive at least like gather some sort of eyeballs to your website in the in the beginning so seo and, and content creation long tail content creation is an amazing way to do that right obviously i, I wasn't going to rank for car insurance uh in the beginning i mean i still don't right but then there's there's like uh things yeah like yeah and actually yeah.
0: you're you're kind of just uh uh, going ahead of the, the next question, I wanted to ask you. So uh, obviously, when you start when you start a site, you need to learn a bunch of stuff, like from Photoshop, from how to host a site, from how to buy it, like build it yourself, logo, you know, tech, all that stuff. That that's all all different skills, and obviously, uh, it takes time to you know to learn that all. And uh, when you start a site, as uh, I do now, and you probably also know, you don't you, you don't get like Paid or like necessarily like or don't don't see any money at the beginning, right? So before we got into sort of like financial section, uh, like when you were developing the site and um, I, you build it like by yourself and with the help of content creator with your co-founder, what were the metrics that were like super important for you to making sure to ensure that you're like okay, I'm moving in the right direction, that's that's working, I should keep going, like.
1: Uh in the beginning, I gotta admit, it was quite a bit different, right? Because in the beginning, you're literally just um you just want to see a return on your investment, right? So like uh we obviously invested uh capital like myself and my partner, um our, like our own capital. We didn't see a return on it for about like a year. I remember when we got our first like hundred dollar paycheck, we went to the keg and we still couldn't afford what the the stakes that we bought. Uh <laughs> but uh it, basically in the beginning what we're really just measuring is uh customer acquisition cost really um and again it's it's very elementary at that point and you're still just experimenting so um you're you're really just trying to strive for any sort of return on your investment right um so as you're starting with with marketing you know it's things like uh You know, what kind of link placements you're having per month or, um, you know, how much traffic, what traffic growth you're having in Google Analytics from your different sources, uh, what your click through rate is on Facebook, for instance, on your advertising, Um, the, you know, the return on ad spend specifically. Um, but like as you mature and evolve, you're starting to track things like revenue growth rate. I mean, this what we track right now is, again, revenue growth rate. So revenue, of course, being the lifeblood of the business, uh, we keep ourselves accountable to have a positive revenue growth rate on a quarterly basis. Customer acquisition costs, probably the most important thing, um, you know, guiding. It guides improvements on your marketing and sales processes, obviously, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're acquiring customers. Uh, at a profitable cost. Uh, burn rate is a huge one. Uh, this is pretty much to ensure that we have enough cash to keep going and to improve our prefer- performance. Lifetime value, So understanding how much we can spend on marketing, sales and overhead and still turn a profit. And then of course, one of the more important things is user experience metrics, right? So like once people land on our site, what's the conversion rate from click to quote? Uh, what is the page speed of our site? Um, that's like a good user experience metric as well. Um, cause we know that, you know, that that's, you know, helps people stay on your site and to sure. interact with your site. So, uh, the time on site, uh, from different metrics, the bounce rate, um, you know, it's just ensuring that any changes that we push to our website and our technology is well received by our users. Uh, so those are a few, few metrics that we're tracking today. Uh but again when we first started it was very um we're just kind of like trying to keep our heads above water. So let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah, makes sense totally. Obviously like when when you get your first revenues, you 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 kinda start, you know, looking at different things you want to track like revenue growth and stuff. And yeah, we kinda we kinda came to the question that I uh I usually ask to you. It's about financials. So um Uh, I don't even know what's the best way to ask it, but maybe you can give us a breakdown, like, uh, for instance, like in an imaginary situational world when you want to launch a site and like maybe a cost per page, cost per content, cost per link, probably have some sort of uh, dev help and what are the uh, approximate. Obviously, I don't want to spill you any secret sauce because I understand that's, that's sensitive information, but if you can give us ranges, maybe margin percentage on the dollar spent, uh what what's it getting you? Maybe you know better how to properly structure it. Uh I'll just gave you an idea and you can talk off uh anything you're comfortable with from that
1: standpoint. Yeah, I mean I'll be I'll be I'll be as open uh and transparent as I possibly can be. Um like so I mean just f- from a content perspective um you know we really want to aim towards like you know having like a thousand to 1500 words like per page. Right. And, and really making sure that that's like quality content and it's well researched. So if you look at our city pages, for instance, like you, will see like, you know, driving, to, uh, driving tips for the specific city, uh, dangerous intersections. So like really things that there's no way you could possibly know unless you actually went in and research these things. Right. So like, you know, wh- yeah, you, you're not going to just kind of, uh, generically write dangerous intersections sections in Woodbridge, for instance, um, or even have statistics on um, on the average insurance rates in, in that area, or the most popular cars or things like that, right? So some of the things that we actually have uh, on our page. So that obviously costs, uh, that, ha- that has costs associated with it, right? So we generally, like, are, you know, we try to look at, like, right now, we don't have an in-house content writer, right? But we do... We do outsource it and we do have like one specific person that we go to that we really, really like. And that puts in like, uh, you know, effort into their work. Of course, we had a trial and error period in the start where we went through a bunch of different writers until we settled on one to use a consistent tone across our website. Uh, but yeah, we generally try to aim for like around 100 USD per page, for instance, okay. uh, which I think is, you know, it's a, it's a pretty reasonable. Pretty reasonable um,
0: price for well-researched yeah. content, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um so uh, there's that perspective and then from links I mean that ranges, right? So it's just like we try to we try to be as relevant as possible, we try to you know actually build links where we can actually be a resource and provide uh content value, but I mean, you know, Dell we've paid up to like a a 1000 USD per link. Uh we've considered paying even more for some great links um wow that's all a, the way all the way down to like 50 usd i mean you know it's a, it's, a, it's a huge range it's a huge range uh i'm sure i think we net out somewhere in like the the hundred to two hundred dollar range um mm-hmm.
0: and e- either any as, budget allocated monthly per links or it's just uh um...
1: yeah yeah there is so we tried to um Again, so this is something that I really want to stress is that SEO isn't necessarily a business strategy. And I always kind of say this, right? Like, um, so we, we do it right. We do it passively. We only try to do things that we actually provide value. So it's usually around like a thousand to $2,000 per month. Uh, we spend like close to 10 times that on just other marketing channels. Um, you know, this is and again it's just because seo is not something where you just want to where you want to hammer right you want it mostly to be um a result of your other efforts uh of your other marketing efforts whether it's the, your user experience or your actual technology or word of mouth direct traffic building branded traffic on google um so like actually having like people search for your brand name and your and your business um, you know uh getting actual pr placements and things like that so you know we try to we try to keep it very very safe on the on the link side because again like i actually you know i have again through my experience i know what it's like to you know rely too heavily on seo um Makes and sense. and see the see the effects of that um at the end of the day it's something that uh that while you know you can't control it shouldn't it shouldn't ever be like your um it shouldn't be your main business strategy.
0: We slow, I, I think that's t- totally makes sense. And we slowly came up to, to the situation where I sort of like have a pie chart in my head. So like, let's break it down this expenses, Like, okay, so you're using different marketing channels. You said it's like 10 times more than links content that like, how, how much do you, do you need to operate? And like, can you draw that pie chart for me? Uh, like, with, I don't know, monthly, maybe yearly, doesn't really matter pretty much.
1: Yeah. I mean, so we'll get anywhere from like, um, 30 to 40,000 visitors a month. Right. So the site's grown quite significantly and the budget's grown quite significantly from that, from that perspective. Right. But like, if I were to break it down for you, a lot of it is, so we're doing, we're doing some TikTok, we're doing some Snapchat, but right now it's like, our traffic pie chart is like sixty percent organic, around thirty percent Facebook, and then um, you know ten percent other other channels, right? And that's that's kind of changed. Uh, that's kind of changed quite significantly. Like, but over uh, just just based on performance and and just you know what month it is and what strategies that we're using. Um, but as far as like a spend pie chart, I would say it's around. 20% content, 5% links and around 80% marketing. I mean, sorry, 75% marketing so right, it, for those well, it's so.
0: pretty Pretty huge chunk <laughs> of marketing you're buddy But yeah, I get it because you get yeah, so
1: it. That's an ad budget uh, like I would say, yeah. Um, and again, like this is after we found a, um, a positive return on advertising spend and right now we're in growth mode as well, right? So um, we're trying to scale up quite significantly.
0: So what's, in, in terms of, I just want to quickly stop for a little, for a quick sack, um, in terms of uh, paid search, uh, you had like TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, probably Google ads, what's the best performing channel in terms of uh, sort, like as a source of traffic and like quality quality traffic, like the, which converts actually, converts actually into leads. I think that's also useful too. Um,
1: so if we're talking about paid traffic, paid traffic, I mean, as far as intent it's really really hard to beat google right because at the end of the day you're literally getting people that are searching for your business yeah. right so it's really really hard to beat that um where you're talking about like interruption marketing right because like because google you're actually like searching for it right so there's an intent there everything else um there's you're kind of being interrupted from your daily flow or activity right so like I mean we we've seen amazing performance on even things like Reddit where we've done like like and this is just like things that most people wouldn't think about but like a really well uh really well worded uh Reddit ad especially if you understand the subreddits that you're targeting it goes goes a really long way with that said I will say Facebook is like heroin for small businesses right it, it really is like they they've done a you know whether you know you have your quips and qualms about the company itself, but uh it's it's undeniable that what they've been able to achieve on the advertising side uh their algorithms are are really really good at narrowing in on finding people that are looking for exactly your product and service uh at the appropriate time that they're looking for it and you know you you hear this quite often like right. oh Facebook's so creepy, I swear to God they're listening to my you know mm-hmm. yeah sure
0: sure' yeah. They're listening
1: to really talk. but uh they're they' they're really uh it's 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 really good like the the actual um stickiness of the traffic uh and the the um, the likely the likelihood of them actually taking an action on your on your site now facebook is is really advanced compared to to other um other sources of traffic like Snapchat, like TikTok, where they're more like really, they're really good at awareness-based stuff. Um, and it's really good at getting cheap traffic. Whereas Facebook, it's not as cheap anymore because again, it's like an auction, auction-based auction system, um, right? So obviously uh, the more advertisers there are, yeah. the more expensive. The, the get, bigger right? the CPC. Like TikTok, yeah, I mean TikTok, you can get like two, three cents CPCs if you really wanted to but is the traffic going to be as as engaged not necessarily um but Facebook again their algorithms are so good that you can really pixel your end goal on your site and then let the let the algorithm do the work for you right and and I mean this is you know a huge trend in in marketing in general where we're seeing the democratization of of marketing skill um really
0: yeah. uh, Totally crazy so b- bit scary even like so the algorithms are getting better and better at you know uh, automating the advertising space. But anyways, that's a different story. Uh the last but not least I wanted to ask you oh sorry, I I I, I forgot within, within, I think you didn't disclose the gross rates and, and like approximate like what's the what what kind of revenues can look like if you are like ranking in top ten with a PINDAC startup.
1: Yeah, so we, um, we're, we're going through a bit of growing pains. I mean, we're actually doing much better than we were of March, March of last year, that's for sure. <laughs> With that said, like, we got super lucky. The Google algorithm really, really treated us well. Um, in, uh, in, in May and April of last year, uh, you know, we really started to, to grow where we kind of like peaked out around December and suffered a little bit of a drop. Um, but again, still in a much better position year over year uh yeah i mean the is in the insurance space it can be really really lucrative right so um you're looking at uh you know mid five figure um uh, you know mid five figure payouts to almost six figure payouts per month right um oh, that's uh, pretty
0: yeah pretty lucrative as
1: yeah, you said it <laughs> yeah d- definitely definitely um and i mean again like it just it really, really like I mentioned like some of those metrics to track are like the user acquisition costs, right, so like while we while we might be doing pretty well in terms of like a volume thing, it's like we're in we're in growth mode, so we're really, really reinvesting as much as we can back into the business um so you know uh the profits can be amazing when you know a lot of the traffic is is from s e o like I mentioned we're lucky enough to have it sixty percent um but again if you were, you know, if you didn't have much SEO traffic, it would be, the margins would be much smaller. Let's just put it that way.
0: Got it. Thanks. And yeah, now finally, we're uh, we're getting to your almost last question. And basically, I wanted to ask you, but you pretty much already answered this question. I want to ask you, who's helping you with this project? Or is it a one-man show? But you already mentioned that you have a partner and I was just curious what what are your plans to you know are you planning to expand to build like team internally maybe even like when this whole COVID-19 uh, pandemic situation kind of wears off like get in an office or like you're leaning towards more like uh, to modern ways, uh, modern ways of running business like outsourcing you know building like virtual teams virtual assistants and stuff like that what's what's your thoughts on that
1: Yeah, I would say it's a, it's a mix of both. Right. So, um, just in terms of like the, the team right now, so it's the core team is myself and, uh, my co-founder who really is, is just like, I really couldn't have done any of it without, to be honest. Um, I always feel like I'm like inherently lazy and I, I always need to like, inspire, get someone else along for the ride with me so that I have someone Mm -hmm. to be accountable towards. Um, And then so we have a project manager uh, and this is because there's so many things on the go and I'll kind of get into it later when I talk about our roadmap. Uh, We had a business development manager. um, But we actually let him go like not too long ago. This is just because we found that like, you know, us as the founders, we really need to be the face of the business, especially when we're dealing with like vendors and things like that. It's not really something that you should be outsourcing in the beginning because we found it much, much more effective when we're able to tell our stories ourselves and in person. Um, and then uh, the project manager obviously coordinates with a developer, so we have a, a, a front-end guy, a front-end developer, and a, and a back-end developer. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. And then ev- everything else we, we outsource, right? So it's like um, the content uh, content writing, um, some marketing help. Uh I've been looking into uh you know virtual assistants and things like that. Um Yeah, like I, I really really want to to start to to scale up the team uh, mm-hmm. as I as I, I go into like the really expanding the business and just in terms of you asked about expanding the business. So right now, um the way that we work is we actually started off as an affiliate Right. And this is how we work in everything. Right. So, um, and then we develop our own technology and our products once we achieve some level of expertise into marketing the specific vertical. Right. Um, so, right now we have our auto insurance technology and our auto insurance product in Ontario. Uh, we do have a, but we are, you're able to get rates anywhere really on our website. But again, like it's an affiliate if if you're going to Alberta. Um, so we're we're sending leads to one main broker partner that we have. That's an amazing broker partner that has a great rates and fantastic service. Um, and then uh, for mortgages, again, we have an affiliate partnership there. And for personal loans, we have an affiliate partnership, uh, affiliate partnership there as well. Uh, just in the. The next major product milestones in the next six months we'll be launching in alberta and nova scotia soon so what i mean by launching there is we build our own technology um, and actually have our own broker partners and insurance carrier partners in those areas that are servicing the leads and then launching our home insurance product our home insurance technology um but then another thing is um one of the advantages that i spoke about is this is a really really competitive space right so um we it seems competitive from a uh, a customer perspective however you know what you're seeing a lot of the times when you're getting like online quotes is you're getting it directly from one insurance company or you're getting it from brokers that have a limited uh, carrier base right um, whereas with us, you know, we're an aggregator, right? So we're able to work with any insurance companies and any brokers that we want. So one of the things is is that's a mandate for us is really to get the entire market. Um, so that's gonna be coming up very soon. And then the other thing is to build out uh uh build out our white label and our technology because we're actually um uh one of the things that again is gonna differentiate us from the B2B side is uh We actually have have technology that we're white labeling uh, because we think we've built something pretty special uh, that uh, we're using to digitize brokerages pretty much. So, um, you know, if you're buying leads from us, we can actually give you technology to digitize your own brokerage. Um, And yeah, correct me if I'm wrong,
0: to those of you who don't understand white labeling, that's meaning you can lease your tech and the company will pay you money for using using this tech, right?
1: exactly exactly
0: so there are like you two monetization tactics for your site uh right now it's leads selling leads and uh white labeling the time
1: yeah you got it yeah
0: awesome thank you i think that's a pretty holistic overview of your business and like overall like your industry experience and i I've created this, you know, like small uh, quiz questioner where like I ask you a short question and your answer should be not necessarily too long, but sort of quick. And uh, so let's let's try it. Sure. So there are five questions, and the first one: uh, Ahrefs versus SEMrush.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a classic one. Uh, I like uh, I like SEM Rush because um, you know it it has a I feel like, you know, it's more up to date in terms of like the, the keywords or some of the broad keywords that it has, but Ahrefs is amazing for links. Like, uh, you can't, you really can't beat it, uh, for links and, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but if I had to choose one, I would probably say Ahrefs because it has more <laughs> of a comprehensive tool set. Um, and it does a really good job of of in in a lot of ways from the site audit tool to the keywords to the links to the gap analysis it's it's uh they really have like an impressive index and, and what they've been able to build over there is is pretty pretty awesome.
0: Got it. Uh, the second one is outsourcing versus building an internal team. What do you think uh, is better?
1: I think building an internal team is always the the way to go long term. Uh, but I think outsourcing has its merits, especially if you're in, if you're in growth mode, but eventually you definitely, definitely want to, want to be, uh, building training and inspiring people. And of course, like making them part of the family by, um, you know, offering them, uh, offering them equity, really just like making them a part of your business. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, you know, outsourcing amazing in the beginning, uh, longer term always always kind of, uh, always build your own team.
0: Got it, makes sense. Uh, So uh, paid or organic traffic, what's your take on this?
1: Uh, Again, like I said, SEO, terrible, terrible business strategy. Amazing, amazing, uh, you know, way to start getting traffic in the beginning and and, um, starting to try to scale there. But if you're too reliant on SEO, you will be screwed one way or the other eventually down the line. Like no business has held top rankings forever, right? I mean, it's just, it's it's really hard to find that. Google's shifting things constantly and like you don't know what they're gonna do at the end of the day. And, and it's, it's just like, you know, uh, I would say I would lean more towards the paid side because it's much more scalable, uh, especially if you figure out the efficiencies there. And there's always, always new, uh, new things coming out, right? Like, um, yeah, new platforms coming up that you can exploit as a marketer. Yeah, it makes um, sense.
0: Like TikTok, for instance, like a couple of years ago, like nobody knew about it, So yeah, I get it. Just
1: TikTok is, well. Yeah, two to three cent CPCs. Eventually they will figure out the, their... Um, you know their algorithms and you know you can optimize towards conversions much better than you you can right now whereas like right th- right now i wouldn't say it's quite there yet but uh it will be very very soon because they have a vested business interest in doing so so yeah thanks uh the first question so next the and, and thing- they have the users so it's, they, they have the amount of users and they have the data to be able to to do the type of um yeah to 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 do the type of optimization that's required anyways yeah sorry true
0: yeah yeah no worries so uh, i just wanted to ask you what's your take on the next big thing in digital marketing space and you can go like whatever it doesn't need to be or even digital marketing like i mean yeah what the how 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 this can be transformed like for instance you can think about some of the uh, Cryptocurrency stuff, like for instance, there's like Brave Browser. How can that change? Like, will that be a thing? No, like, is it any concern to, you, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, so we're going things, with this?
1: One thing, definitely privacy, like you touched on Brave Brave Browser. So, you know, Apple's been doing their own thing with ITP for a while now. Um, you know, Google finally was just like, okay, fine. Well, you know, no more cookies. Um, so, I mean, this is this is just starting right? Like this is something that's not going away anytime soon. And, uh, you know, people are that uh, yeah, people will demand their privacy. And and this is a train that's not not going away anytime soon. That's for that's for sure. Um, so that's something that you could kind of look forward to on the digital marketing side of things. Really, really interesting. Like you're like I mentioned, you're you're going to see the democratization of marketing skill, right? So that you know p p c specialist at an agency or that like paid social specialist at an agency is you know they're not i don't wanna be like too much of a i'm not gonna say that they're not gonna have a job soon, but let's just put it this way like not many people realize that these fortune five hundred fortune one thousand companies is like they have you know they have huge, huge marketing spends, right? Like Procter & Gamble spends is one of the largest advertisers ever, Volkswagen, huge advertiser, right? But like, again, these are like 1,000 companies, right? Um, If you look at like the 2 million small to medium-sized businesses that Facebook has as clients, think about how much that compounds into advertising spend, right? Small, medium-sized enterprise actually makes up for like over 70% of Facebook's volume right wow. that's where so most sort of that's revenue more comes
0: from. that's more than one thousand fortune hundred companies are making exactly.
1: right exactly that's exactly it and and you know guess what small medium sized enterprise doesn't have the ability themselves or the resources to hire the top marketing experts but Facebook and Google want to make sure that they spend more money on their platforms. How do they do that? By making it completely idiot proof right like literally I promise you, you can if you know how to pixel your website, right, properly and tell Facebook and Google what the end goal is that you wanna achieve, forget about targeting, just target anybody just as broad as possible. Facebook and Google are smart enough to optimize towards those within a few days, right? You will have a, just as good of a performance as you would with like the best, marketing spend, like even Google's moving in this direction where, you know, all of all like, you know, uh, by the way, sorry, I didn't really touch on this too much, but I have quite a bit of experience in the enterprise level on paid search and social. And back in the day, you know, you had uh, uh, you had like a bunch of different ad groups and different campaigns, so you could granularly control your your ads. But the the best practice now is literally just to to toss a bunch of keywords into one ad group and let let the algorithms do and, the work for you. And they're, uh, based on the yeah, and, they're you, yeah. and
0: they're interested to provide you with the best results because that will mean you'll get more sales and probably you'll spend more money again. And like exactly. and this is like never ending cycle, right?
1: Exactly. It is. Uh, it's in their best interest to make it idiot proof because that's where most of their revenue comes from. And that's a trend that you're going to keep seeing. So it's going to be much, much easier for the little guy to to compete marketing at the the highest level.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's a really pretty extensive and substantial answer to to the ne- next big uh, digital marketing thing question. And some of, some of that, to be honest, I didn't know myself. So thanks for thanks for sharing like the numbers of like that small businesses outspent top. 1,400 companies
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, the last question, so, uh, uh, tacos or sandwiches. Uh,
1: ta- <laughs> I'm going to say tacos cause Jeez.
0: they're more fun, but I think I- I'm only e- one uh, after, you know, after all the restaurants are open, actually they're open now, so we can, we can do that. And <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's do it. Um and the last one actually the last question I wanted to you know kind of to wrap it all up. So yeah, what's next for Aaron? Are there any any new projects, any new things you want to do like for fun, for money, for pleasure, whatever it is? And uh yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's for, for me, I uh, just like I n- most of the things that I want to do is like I just try to have fun with most things that I that I do, right. Even this insurance thing, it started off as my co-founder who's was like my really good friend We just kind of were, were having fun with it. Right. Um, we, we definitely take it seriously, but uh, there's so many things that uh, now that I have a lot more free time and I'm a full-time entrepreneur, so to speak uh, you know, I'm, I'm making music, I'm trying to build a video game using uh, um, uh, uh, a framework called unity. Um, one of the more interesting things that i really want to get into obviously like the crypto space is exploding but i think there's a really really big uh, opportunity to to you know use these real life oracles as they're called um to actually build um you know public risk pools for uh insurance um and i think that you know it's just a matter of time before we see uh public risk pools where, you know, everyday people are the insurance companies and, and they could they could uh um, you know participate participate in the insurance space and become an actual public insurance carrier and I think that uh you know things will go into that direction and you know I'd love to be a part of it in whatever small way that I can that I can.
0: Got it. Thanks. So uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. And well, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, Aaron, and making it to the episode number three of Moments in Marketing Podcast. I appreciate for taking the time to share your working experience and experiences being as entrepreneur. And uh, we talked about it. So there's a small gift that we prepared for people who care to you know listen to to this far uh mm-hmm. and yeah so basically the rules are pretty simple if you'd like to enter to, to the draw uh just share any experience in digital marketing that that could be the site that you've built or you're planning to build or you're not sure where to start even and if if that's uh pretty uh cool and interesting we'll we'll pick you up and you'll have a 30 minute call with Aaron scheduled and that Trust me, that will that will be worth like a lot of money, and you can talk about anything. And I'm sure like Arin will be able to provide you with some sort of an action plan.
1: And also, yeah, you all the secrets.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> if you want to share any educational links with me, I'll make sure to link them up. And thanks again, and enjoy your day. I really enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, it was fun, man. Thanks, thanks again. Have a good one. Thanks, bye.
0: And that does it for today. Hope you liked an episode. And if you have any additional questions for me or our guest, please do not hesitate to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Simply Google my first and last name, and you should be able to see profile links. If you liked an episode, please do subscribe to the Moments in Marketing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform of your choice. It's also available on SoundCloud and YouTube. Stay curious.